welcome to MBA Podcaster, the only source for cutting-edge information and advice on the MBA application process. I'm Janet Nakano. Every year, business schools report that many soon-to-be first-year students lack some basic quantitative skills. Even if you're an engineer or you're a math whiz in college, students can struggle through their first-year courses. As soon as you hit campus, you're faced with classes in accounting, statistics, economics, and finance. You need a solid foundation in these areas, including some advanced spreadsheet skills, before you even begin school. Instead of being a step behind, we'll make sure you're one step ahead. We'll find out how you can test your skill set, whether or not you need a refresher course, and look at some of the different options you have. We'll hear from a dean at a top business school, a business school professor, a current MBA student, and a few different service providers who help soon-to-be MBA students. You've taken the GMAT, written your essays, managed to get great recommendations, and now, after all that hard work, you've got that acceptance letter in your hand. You probably want to reward yourself with some time off, maybe do a little traveling before you head back to school. But wait, before you book that flight, Tech Business School professor Peter Regan says the schools try to get materials in the students' hands so that they have the option to prepare over the summer. A lot of times, it's traditional reading material. In the various subject areas, so you might have some workbooks, some exercises, things of that type. Some students do it; a lot of students simply don't. And many schools do have some form of a math camp, where some or all students come in and get an introduction to the material that that school thinks is most appropriate for the curriculum. Regan runs what Tuck likes to call math camp. It's a week-long program right before school starts to refresh your knowledge of the concepts and mechanics in each of the core areas. The math camp helps really in three main ways. The obvious one is skills, a second one is confidence, and a third one is a social network. On the skills, we introduce the concepts, we define terms, they get back in the classroom taking quizzes, sitting in class all day, and on the math part, using the formulas, understanding where they come from, applying them to the various problem areas that we look at: finance, economics, accounting, and statistics. And also start working with spreadsheets in a way that many of them have not done before in any of their work. On the second, on confidence, the first year is a lot about confidence. Some people can struggle, but with the confidence, they can just keep moving through the course. And other students don't really have the confidence. And when you lose your confidence and you're under such stress as students are in the first year, there's a bit of a meltdown that can happen where people spiral down, losing confidence, spending extra time, not being prepared for other courses. And so we're trying to give them the confidence in this protected environment. So that when they hit the core courses, they're a little bit smarter and a little bit more comfortable. On the social network, at Tuck, we only bring in about a quarter of the class, or to a third, and that means they're looking around the room at other students who are entering in a similar circumstance. So they spend the whole week together and learn together and help each other. One may be strong in one area, another in a different area, and they help each other throughout the week. And a lot of good friendships form in social networking that helps them help each other. As they go through that first year, if you're not going to Tech next year but want to take part in a program similar to theirs, check with your school. At Wharton, they offer their entering class a five-week preterm program in each of the core areas, and usually more than half of the class takes a math review course. 
At the Ivy School of Business in Canada, they have three courses you can take during a two-week-long foundational skills program. It's run by the Ivy MBA Student Association, and Colin McDougall is president. They were started largely by the students because they felt there was a need for some preparatory training because people come into the MBA program from a variety of backgrounds. It was felt, including some non-traditional business backgrounds. It was felt that in order for the students to have as equal a starting point as possible, that some、uh, foundational skills training on some core mechanical skills, including、uh, for us it was accounting and Microsoft Excel, and sort of a brush over of the mechanics surrounding some of the other subjects like management science and, and finance, that that we developed these courses. McDougall says last year they had up to 75 percent of their incoming class take at least one course, but he says most students took all three courses. McDougall, who's now a second-year student, says he himself went through the program. I took accounting. I unfortunately signed up late, so I missed the Excel program. And I also took back when I when I took it, we had a an economics preparatory skills program, which we we adjusted and made it part of sort of the new second week where we look at a variety of courses. So yeah, accounting for me was really helpful.、Uh, although I had some accounting experience, I didn't have sort of the skill base that I think I needed. And as a result, when we got into class, I I had a much better. Clearer understanding of of what they were saying about certain things. So,、um, so yeah, for me it was it was valuable. It would have been nice for me if I could have gotten in on the Excel class because、uh, I struggled myself to to keep up with what my fellow students could do with the Excel program. Struggling to keep up with classmates in the core classes isn't an uncommon gripe the first year. That's why many business schools design math programs to get you prepared. At Tuck, about a third of their students go through math camp, and with preemptive measures like these, Tuck's assistant dean says they've been able to keep the struggling to a minimum. Sally Yeager. I think it's it's a very small percentage,、um, perhaps maybe five percent, that I would say I see on a regular basis throughout. The fall term and the winter term, which is when most of our, our required quantitative courses are offered. So we do a lot of pre-screening ahead of time through the admissions process to make sure that it's it's always going to be a small number. But you're also going to have that when, you know, we accept that. I think as as part of our academic educational mission, we are. Through the admissions process, you know, looking to bring in a lot of different kinds of people with different skill sets and different professional backgrounds, different personal backgrounds. Tuck's math camp director Peter Regan says there's a difference between knowing about something and knowing how to come up with specific answers. And I think that some people mistake knowing about something for the real premium that's on the MBA courses, which is on knowing how. So doing homework, cranking out right answers, spreadsheets, etc. And a lot of people simply just underestimate how much additional work there is to go from being able to talk a little bit about economics or understand a conversation or a newspaper article, and actually being able to crank out specific answers to specific problems. And students who have just been admitted, they're feeling great. They've just gotten the approval that they get got into some top school. It's hard to make them think seriously about studying before school starts, since they're not used to doing anything except great work. But if you're in a situation where You're not able to get those answers, and you haven't been working with that kind of analytical, quantitative material in a long time. There's no reason to expect you're going to be able to do that alongside people who have.
schools will generally send you a diagnostic test. At the Ivy School of Business, Colin McDougall says it's a short 10-question assessment. Based on your results, you'll know whether or not you need to take a refresher course offered on your campus, or you'll know if you should look into other ways to get prepared. We'll go over the different prep courses out there a little later. If you don't have the self-assessment test, Peter Regan offers another way to gauge your quantitative knowledge. I think of them in three different groups. For the top group, people who have been working on Wall Street and banking, majored in some undergraduate business-related subject, they're all set. They've got the business knowledge that they need in general, and they've also got the analytical skills. They don't need any prep work at all. They can just show up. A middle group, they might have a modest relative weakness in aptitude or proficiency. Someone has to, since when they admit all these students, someone's in the lower range of the various scores and issues that they're looking for. For them, they may need some help from a math camp, and they may be sufficiently worried or have a sufficient need that they'd want to back up where they could do some work online before they go to campus. The third group would be people who have no business background at all, never used spreadsheets, complete career switchers. And in that case, people should really know that they have a lot of work to do before they can sit in class with the first group effectively. If you're in the last two groups, according to Regan's scale, there are a wide variety of options for you out there. Like we talked about earlier, you could attend one of the refresher courses that your school offers, or you can take more comprehensive courses. Sally Yeager. We will recommend or require, again, it depends upon the student's background, but we will recommend coursework at a, a local community college or a, an extension. You know, if they're in New York, NYU has a great extension program. If they're in Boston, Harvard has a great extension program. If you're bogged down at work, many universities and colleges offer online courses as well. So it's a good idea to check with your local schools. GMAC, the Graduate Management Admission Council, offers an MBA survival kit. It has four interactive CDs that cover accounting, finance, quantitative skills, and statistics. You can buy the kit for about $155, or you can buy each CD separately for a little more than $60. Allison Riley oversees GMAC's student products. Each interactive CD-ROM is loadable onto your computer. And so it is interactive. So you go online and you're required to download the software. And then from there, you get dumped into a welcome screen where you can kind of choose the path that you want to take to go through the CD. There's a welcome video that gives you a little background on the material itself. And then you can go through and do practice equations, practice tests. In some of the CDs, there's tutorial information that's uh, given by one of the professors that developed the CDs. And once you go through the tutorial, you can then take practice tests and see how you're doing on learning the material. You can find out more about GMAC Survival Kit at mba.com. Peter Regan also offers a math online program based on Tuck's Math Camp. It's called MBA Math, and he offers his course to any student looking to prepare for business school. The price for his course is $99. The online program, it's, it's a different format. The material is almost the same. The format is different in that they can start their work before they come to campus. And for a lot of students, one week is just not enough, especially when it's the week before orientation, two weeks before classes start. With the online version of the camp, students who really want to get a head start can use that summer lull period between when they get admitted and when they show up on campus 
to get a running start and work on their own, listen to things multiple times, focus on the areas where they're the weakest. For more information on Regan's MBA math course, you can visit mbamath.com. So maybe even after taking the additional coursework, or perhaps you decided to take that vacation instead, you find yourself struggling your first year. You still do have some options. At Ivy, Colin McDougall says their student association provides individual tutoring. We actually have a, a student-organized system of tutorial for students who are struggling in certain areas. Particularly, it seems to be finance and management science, uh, where a lot of people tend to struggle. So we we have our own students who either are investment bankers themselves or or have a stats background or whatever. They organize tutorials for. Typically, it's the second years giving first years tutorials, but sometimes there's experts within a given class that will organize it or, or will help organize for them. In addition, we, all of our faculty are extremely available, I guess you'd say. Uh, they are always willing to make time for the students to come and see them on a one-to-one basis for help. Tech also provides similar resources for their students. Sally Yeager. We have tutoring available on demand, and we pay for their tutoring so that cost is never going to be an issue with students. If somebody needs a tutor, we get them a tutor, and we make sure they get the help they need. But they they have to come to me in order to get the tutoring. Once you do start school, keep in mind that you won't have very much extra time, and with the free time you do have, you don't want to be playing catch up. You'll want to be focusing on forming relationships, joining clubs and organizations, and finding internships. GMAX Allison Riley. It's always, I think, in your best interest to be prepared. Business school is a, a big decision, and I think it's important that you're prepared on all aspects. Stay tuned to hear more about Peter Regan's MBA math program. I'll be talking with Peter to understand how his math prep course helps soon-to-be first-year business school students. I'll also have a chance to hear from his former students as well as Tuck's assistant dean. And remember, you can register for your weekly MBA podcast at mbapodcaster.com. And be sure to join us next time when we find out how you can ace that interview. Janet Nakano from MBA Podcaster, and I'm here with Peter Regan. He's a tech school business professor and founder of MBAMath.com. MBA Math is an online math preparatory class for soon-to-be first-year MBA students. It's for those of you who want to strengthen your quantitative skills before diving into those heavily quantitative courses that are prevalent in your first year of business school. Since all MBA programs expect you to have these skills when you arrive on campus. MBA Math makes sure you'd be well prepared from day one, so you can hit the ground running. The course covers finance, microeconomics, statistics, and spreadsheets, with accounting coming soon. Peter will give us a look at MBA Math's online classes. We'll also hear from the assistant dean of the Tax School of Business. He'll be discussing the benefits of preparing before arriving on campus. And we'll get some feedback from two former MBA math students who are now in their first year in business school. Be sure to stay tuned to hear about an exclusive discount that MBA Math is offering to MBA podcaster listeners, or you can visit mbamath.com/podcast.htm. 
So, Peter, you think that students who got accepted into an MBA program got in because they were qualified and had the skills necessary to succeed in the program? So, why would someone need a service like MBA Math? Well, not everyone does, in that a lot of students are well prepared before they would do something like MBA Math, but. Many students do need to think about the new process they're starting. The admissions that happen in the spring are the end of one process, but the beginning of another. And before students get ready for school, they need to keep in mind that everyone starts with the best of intentions. But we, as professors and support people in the program offices of the business school programs, know that many students fall behind from the beginning, especially with the quantitative courses: finance, economics, statistics, and accounting. There's so many mechanics and so much that has to be done there that students who aren't prepared have a lot of trouble there. The difficulty is compounded by a domino effect. Students who have trouble in one area end up having their efforts dragged down across all their areas. So you might have an economics problem, but it ends up becoming a strategy problem because so much time's going into economics that you're not able to keep yourself well prepared and contribute to your study groups and your other courses. So that's what we're trying to avoid. Traditionally. The schools put together summer reading packages. They have some or all of their students come to on-campus math camps. With the MBA math program, it's an opportunity for students to start earlier, and in a convenient, self-paced way, work their way through the material in the areas where they have difficulty. That helps them hit the ground running when they arrive at their campus math camp, or if they don't do anything like that, when they arrive and start with their first-year courses. And if you think about who's in those business school classes. You might have engineers from Intel or financial analysts from Goldman Sachs. It's no wonder that some students need a boost before they can comfortably sit down in classes with students like that. Listeners, the price of the MBA math course is normally ninety-nine dollars for a one-year subscription, but if you're listening to this, you can get an exclusive discount on MBA math services, including a course demo, by visiting mbamath.com/podcast.htm. And don't forget to add that HTM. Now let's hear from one of MBA Math's former students. Her name's Tumi Adavi. She graduated with a mechanical engineering degree at the University of Michigan Ann Arbor. Tumi worked at Ford Motor Company as a manufacturing engineer, and she's now a first-year MBA student at the Tuck School of Business. It's funny because I went through all the levels of calculus. As a mechanical engineer, we have to do strength analysis. We have a lot of statistics that we have to go through, even complicated math like Laplace transforms. I actually didn't think I needed MBA math. To be honest, our school has online diagnostic exams, and what I realized is that I didn't have a background in financial math, and MBA math was really what helped me to overcome that obstacle that it was going to take to be successful in my MBA. So, so while working, I set, I just set up a schedule. It was two hours each day during the week. When I came home, I would go online. And I would just get on MBA Math, do a module. Once I completed it, I would move on to the next module. And going into my MBA, I just felt a lot more confident. I had the knowledge, a lot of the terminology, even like net present value equations, perpetuity equations, knowing how to perform the analysis. And there were even times every once in a while, and we had textbooks, we had professors, we had TAs. But there were times when I went back to MBA Math because there was something I remembered. Learning through the module that was just so clear, and I did very well in the courses that when I took the online diagnostics that covered that material that I didn't do so well、um, before MBA math, like capital markets, for instance. 
ended up being one of the classes that I really enjoyed. And it was because you're going through pricing bonds, pricing options, and a lot of what you learn within MBA math is the just the analysis that it takes to understand the concept. So while MBA math doesn't replace an MBA, it definitely allows you to start off at a higher ground. Timmy talked about hopping online and working through modules. Peter, can you tell us more about the class and how it works? Well, let me give you a little bit of a sketch here, but for anyone who's really interested in seeing the learning materials, there's a demo on the MBA math site that would let students walk through what the teaching materials look like and what the course would feel like if they were to go through it. But the basic themes are active problem solving and math in a business context. The course is broken up into areas. For instance, there's a finance area, there's a microeconomics area, statistics area, and accounting, and then spreadsheets run throughout the whole course. Within each area, there might be anywhere from three to six different topics that are addressed. And within any individual topic, there's a pre-quiz, so you can get a diagnostic of what your level is at the start. Based on that, you can dip into the teaching materials as needed. You can take drill exercises. And finally, you can end up with a post-quiz and see how much you've improved by doing that work. If you're a student, for instance, with familiarity with the topic, you might just go in and take the pre-quiz. If you do fairly well but you have some weaknesses, you might then just look at the detailed solutions, jog your memory about how that particular kind of problem is solved, and then maybe go straight to a post-quiz and find that, okay, now I understand. So that would be one very streamlined option. But most students, after the pre-quiz, have a little bit more learning than just looking at a couple of solutions. They might then go in to the teaching materials and listen to a narrated lecture where they see slides that introduce the topics, show sample solutions, and really teach the material. For a student with no prior exposure, they would do it more or less the way we do it in class. Listen to the lecture, 5 to 15 minutes of me introducing material, then go in and do some drill exercises, see if they can figure out how to do things on their own, look at the solutions, and eventually move on to a post-quiz and see if they've internalized enough of the material that they can perform satisfactorily on that quiz. What can students expect to master after they've completed the online course? Okay, let's consider it one area at a time, and I can just mention some of the details on the topics that are in each one of the main areas. In finance, students become proficient with time value of money, annuities, perpetuities, bond basics, and net present value. If these terms mean nothing to someone listening to this, then they should take a closer look because a lot of that material, particularly the time value of money basics, annuities and perpetuities, is considered prerequisite material, and they're unlikely to see that treated in class. They'll just be directed to read a chapter in a book if they're not already familiar with it. In the microeconomics area, we go through in the course topics that address marginal analysis using tables, marginal analysis using calculus, which I know scares a lot of people but is not that difficult, and almost everybody knew how to do it in high school, and finally move on to supply and demand. For statistics, we begin with the basic statistics that would be in any statistics course anyone's ever taken, mean, variance, and standard deviation. We then move on to linear combinations, which lets people develop stock portfolios. We also look at probability distributions, linear regression, and finally normal distributions, which is another way of saying the familiar bell curve. In accounting, I'll cover journal entries and financial statements. And then throughout all of that, we work on spreadsheets. There's one small topic that looks at spreadsheets directly, but mostly we just use spreadsheets to solve problems of almost every type that I just listed. And it's surprising how many people have used spreadsheets a little bit in their work, 
but don't know how to create one to do anything at all sophisticated. And it's a surprising cause of a lot of meltdowns during the first year, both in the decision science course that is pretty spreadsheet heavy, but also in finance and other areas that lean heavily on spreadsheets as a calculation tool. That list might seem pretty long, but for most students, 20 to 40 hours is enough for them to work through all the topics and come up to speed such that when they enter these materials or encounter these materials in their coursework, they've seen it before and they feel a decent level of confidence that they know what they're doing in that particular technique. Can students progress at their own pace or are they on a timeline? Students work entirely at their own pace. The quiz exercises, all the quiz material is stored centrally. So what you're doing is accessing the teaching materials, accessing the drill exercises over the, using a browser over the web and you can come back and forth into the quiz material whenever you like. So you can do individual quizzes at different times from different computers, from home or work, for instance, or you can go through and do several quizzes at a time. When you next come back in, you can pick up right where you left off, and you also can go through and have multiple quizzes open at a given time if you like. So you really can customize it to what you need to learn and when you want to learn it. I'm curious what MBA schools think about what you're doing. What's been Tuck's response? Well, at Tuck, people have been great. Everyone there and elsewhere wants the students to arrive as prepared as possible. But in general, the schools themselves aren't able to put the effort and resources and focus into any particular tool that would serve just their own students. For faculty who know the teaching situation best, the specialization and incentives in their own work, balancing between teaching and research, is such that People teach live, but they don't really think too much about how technology could be brought to bear on a particular problem. In my case, I had the interest to try to go in and create a solution that would help the students earlier in the summer than when I saw them in the live math camp. The deans and administration gave me the opportunity. The students provided great feedback over the couple of years I was piloting it. And now, with students from about 20 MBA programs using the online course, I get great feedback, and I've reached a broader audience of schools, all of whom are working with this kind of a problem and I'm able to have the communication and try to start broadening the focus of the course so that it serves as many schools as possible. In particular, Steve Lubrano at Tuck, who presided over the decisions and the work that I've done both with the math camp and with the online version, and was himself a first-year MBA student at Tuck, he can offer his own perspective on what the schools are looking for in this area. Okay, so let's hear what Tuck's assistant dean has to say about MBA math. Here's Steve Lubrano. Math camp has been around for years, going on 20 to 40 years of some version. I was a participant in math camp in 1985 when I was a first-year student at Tuck. At that point in time, every student went through the program. For 10 years prior to that, back in the 1970s, uh, we did have specialized programs for a small number of students, not nearly as extensive as what we have now. So over the years, we quickly identified that the kind of candidate we were looking for at the Tuck School, the sort of leader we hoped to train through this program, was not necessarily the, the candidate who came with the most quantitative skills. So we devised a program uh, that lasted about a week, uh, wherein we would take what we affectionately call the poets and bring them up to speed on some of the skills that students who had experience in banking and consulting and other heavily quant-focused analytical jobs. And the, the goal was to not completely replicate that, but at least provide these students with familiarization with the nomenclature, with some of the concepts, so that they were bridging the gap between uh, where they were and where some of these other students who had a couple of years under their belt were. 
we found Professor Regan, who graciously decided to teach this class, and he filled that need very successfully. The online program uh, is perfect for what we do, largely because it enables students to be self-paced. We find students spend a lot of time uh, working in areas where they need the greatest amount of work, revisiting areas as necessary. We found that students that participate in this hit the ground running a lot faster. Uh, they're familiar with the concepts. The whole notion of an MBA program is not to go over things you already know, but to take you from where you currently are and teach you more. MBA math exposes to them to that. It teaches them the basics, and then they can take their learning to the levels that we expect of an MBA student. Peter, there seems to be a need for certain students to bring their quantitative skills up to par when they start their MBA program, and it looks like your program addresses this problem head-on. We heard from one of your clients already, but have you gotten other feedback from MBA math alumni? I've received lots of positive feedback and great suggestions from the students. This is especially true as students from more schools use the course and give me feedback on what would best prepare them for their particular programs. Let's hear from another MBA math client. Stefano Pardee is a first-year student at the London Business School. He did his undergraduate work at Lewis University in Rome. He studied business administration and economics with a focus on strategy and finance. Even though I had studied uh, a lot of math when I was at university and being used to crunch numbers when I was a, a controller and a consultant, uh, I thought that it would be a good idea to refresh some of the topics, especially uh, taking them from a more academic perspective before the beginning of the course. I learned about uh, MBA math, and it seems to me to have all the characteristics I needed to uh, prepare before the MBA. The results have been, to me, extremely useful because basically I was able to be already started on some topics like statistics. That is one of the first exams that we have to take at London Business School. And in the in the quantitative subjects, I would say that being prepared before the start of the program saved me a lot of time and gave me a good, solid basis on which to build. And finally, Peter, when is the best time for an MBA applicant to go through your course? The primary group are the admitted students who use the course during the summer. Now that they've gotten in, we want to try to make sure that they arrive on campus prepared. But I've also introduced an MBA math transcript so applicants can demonstrate to admissions committees that they've worked through this material and achieved a certain level of proficiency by highlighting the difference between their pre-quiz scores and their post-quiz scores and the amount of effort that they've put into the course. So I'm working with both students and with admissions committees to try to make sure that it's as transparent a communication channel as possible to let the admissions committee see what the students have learned. The idea is that the applicants can use the MBA math course to provide evidence that they've mastered the material or overcome what may be a weakness in their background that they can't do anything about at this point. That was Peter Regan, founder of MBA Math. If you're interested in their services and want more information about an exclusive discount to MBA podcaster listeners, visit mbamath.com slash podcast.htm. I'm Janet Nakano for MBA Podcaster. Thanks for listening.
the teaching materials as needed. You can take drill exercises. And finally, you can end up with a post quiz and see how much you've improved by doing that work. If you're a student, for instance, with familiarity with the topic, you might just go in and take the pre-quiz. If you do fairly well but you have some weaknesses, you might then just look at the detailed solutions, jog your memory about how that particular kind of problem is solved, and then maybe go straight to a post-quiz and find that, okay, now I understand. So that would be one very streamlined option. But most students, after the pre-quiz, have a little bit more learning than just looking at a couple of solutions. They might then go in to the teaching materials and listen to a narrated lecture where they see slides that introduce the topics, show sample solutions, and really teach the material. For a student with no prior exposure, they would do it more or less the way we do it in class. Listen to the lecture, 5 to 15 minutes of me introducing material, then go in and do some drill exercises, see if they can figure out how to do things on their own, look at the solutions, and eventually move on to a post-quiz and see if they've internalized enough of the material that they can perform satisfactorily on that quiz. What can students expect to master after they've completed the online course? Okay, let's consider it one area at a time, and I can just mention some of the details on the topics that are in each one of the main areas. In finance, students become proficient with time value of money, annuities, perpetuities, bond basics, and net present value. If these terms mean nothing to someone listening to this, then they should take a closer look because a lot of that material, particularly the time value of money basics, annuities and perpetuities, is considered prerequisite material, and they're unlikely to see that treated in class. They'll just be directed to read a chapter in a book if they're not already familiar with it. In the microeconomics area, we go through in the course topics that address marginal analysis using tables, marginal analysis using calculus, which I know scares a lot of people but is not that difficult, and almost everybody knew how to do it in high school, and finally move on to supply and demand. For statistics, we begin with the basic statistics that would be in any statistics course anyone's ever taken, mean, variance, and standard deviation. We then move on to linear combinations, which lets people develop stock portfolios. We also look at probability distributions, linear regression, and finally normal distributions, which is another way of saying the familiar bell curve. In accounting, I'll cover journal entries and financial statements. And then throughout all of that, we work on spreadsheets. There's one small topic that looks at spreadsheets directly, but mostly we just use spreadsheets to solve problems of almost every type that I just listed. And it's surprising how many people have used spreadsheets a little bit in their work, but don't know how to create one to do anything at all sophisticated. And it's a surprising cause of a lot of meltdowns during the first year, both in the decision science course that is pretty spreadsheet heavy, but also in finance and other areas that lean heavily on spreadsheets as a calculation tool. That list might seem pretty long, but for most students, 20 to 40 hours is enough for them to work through all the topics and come up to speed such that when they enter these materials or encounter these materials in their coursework, they've seen it before and they feel a decent level of confidence that they know what they're doing in that particular technique. Can students progress at their own pace or are they on a timeline? Students work entirely at their own pace. The quiz exercises, all the quiz material is stored centrally. So what you're doing is accessing the teaching materials, accessing the drill exercises over the, using a browser over the web, and you can come back and forth into the quiz material whenever you like. So you can do individual quizzes at different times from different computers, from home or work, for instance, or you can go through and do several quizzes at a time. When you next come back in, you can pick up right where you left off, and you also can go through and have multiple quizzes open at a given time if you like. So you really can customize it to what you need to learn and when you want to learn it.
I'm curious what MBA schools think about what you're doing. What's been Tuck's response? Well, at Tuck, people have been great. Everyone there and elsewhere wants the students to arrive as prepared as possible. But in general, the schools themselves aren't able to put the effort and resources and focus into any particular tool that would serve just their own students. For faculty who know the teaching situation best, the specialization and incentives in their own work, balancing between teaching and research, is such that people teach live, but they don't really think too much about how technology could be brought to bear on a particular problem. In my case, I had the interest to try to go in and create a solution that would help the students earlier in the summer than when I saw them in the live math camp. The deans and administration gave me the opportunity. The students provided great feedback over the couple of years I was piloting it. And now, with students from about 20 MBA programs using the online course, I get great feedback, and I've reached a broader audience of schools, all of whom are working with this kind of a problem. And I'm able to have the communication and try to start broadening the focus of the course so that it serves as many schools as possible. In particular, Steve Lubrano at Tuck, who presided over the decisions and the work that I've done both with the math camp and with the online version, and was himself a first-year MBA student at Tuck, he can offer his own perspective on what the schools are looking for in this area. Okay, so let's hear what Tuck's assistant dean has to say about MBA math. Here's Steve Lubrano. Math camp has been around for years going on 20 to 40 years of some version. I was a participant in math camp in 1985 when I was a first-year student at Tuck. At that point in time, every student went through the program. For 10 years prior to that, back in the 1970s, uh, we did have specialized programs for a small number of students, not nearly as extensive as what we have now. So over the years, we quickly identified that the kind of candidate we were looking for at the Tuck School the sort of leader we hoped to train through this program was not necessarily the, the candidate who came with the most quantitative skills. So we devised a program uh, that lasted about a week, uh, wherein we would take what we affectionately call the poets and bring them up to speed on some of the skills that students who had experience in banking and consulting and other heavily quant-focused analytical jobs and the, the goal was to not completely replicate that, but at least provide these students with familiarization with the nomenclature, with some of the concepts, so that they were bridging the gap between uh, where they were and where some of these other students who had a couple of years under their belt were. We found Professor Regan, who graciously decided to teach this class, and he filled that need very successfully. The online program uh, is perfect for what we do, largely because it enables students to be self-paced. We find students spend a lot of time uh, working in areas where they need the greatest amount of work, revisiting areas as necessary. We found that students that participate in this hit the ground running a lot faster. Uh, they're familiar with the concepts. The whole notion of an MBA program is not to go over things you already know, but to take you from where you currently are and teach you more. MBA math exposes to them to that. It teaches them the basics, and then they can take their learning to the levels that we expect of an MBA student. Peter, there seems to be a need for certain students to bring their quantitative skills up to par when they start their MBA program, and it looks like your program addresses this problem head-on. 
We heard from one of your clients already, but have you gotten other feedback from MBA math alumni? I've received lots of positive feedback and great suggestions from the students. This is especially true as students from more schools use the course and give me feedback on what would best prepare them for their particular programs. Let's hear from another MBA math client. Stefano Pardee is a first-year student at the London Business School. He did his undergraduate work at Lewis University in Rome. He studied business administration and economics with a focus on strategy and finance. Even though I have studied uh, a lot of math when I was at university and being used to crunch numbers when I was a, a controller and a consultant, uh, I thought that it would be a good idea to refresh some of the topics, especially taking them from a more academic perspective before the beginning of the course. I learned about uh, MBA math, and it seems to me to have all the characteristics I needed to uh, prepare before the MBA. The results have been, to me, extremely useful because basically I was able to be already started on some topics like statistics. That is one of the first exams that we have to take at London Business School. And in the in the quantitative subjects, I would say that being prepared before the start of the program saved me a lot of time and gave me a good, solid basis on which to build. And finally, Peter, when is the best time for an MBA applicant to go through your course? The primary group are the admitted students who use the course during the summer. Now that they've gotten in, we want to try to make sure that they arrive on campus prepared. But I've also introduced an MBA math transcript so applicants can demonstrate to admissions committees that they've worked through this material and achieved a certain level of proficiency by highlighting the difference between their pre-quiz scores and their post-quiz scores and the amount of effort that they've put into the course. So I'm working with both students and with admissions committees to try to make sure that it's as transparent a communication channel as possible to let the admissions committee see what the students have learned. The idea is that the applicants can use the MBA math course to provide evidence that they've mastered the material or overcome what may be a weakness in their background that they can't do anything about at this point. That was Peter Regan, founder of MBA Math. If you're interested in their services and want more information about an exclusive discount to MBA podcaster listeners, visit mbamath.com slash podcast.htm. I'm Janet Nakano for MBA Podcaster. Thanks for listening.